is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. Happy New Year to all you barbecue maniacs out there. Barbecue season is starting all around the country, and you don't want to miss out on this discount from the Kansas City Barbecue Store. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could possibly want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this spring by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, all caps, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. Welcome to another episode of Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell, and today we're going long distance. We're going across an ocean. And we're going to talk to the 2018 American Royal winner, Ed Gash, from Bunch of Swines. How are you, my friend? Hey, Luke. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I remember when you won. Funny enough, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> it's such, it such a cool thing to be there and uh, when you won. And I just think the American Royal is the best barbecue contest in the world. Yeah, I don't think anything compares to it, and to have that that on your your CV is really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the American Royal has always been a bit special for us. It's um, it was like our first inter- I say international, our first contest in the US. So, as in back in 2012, and you know, it's that one contest that you can always go to, and you know, it's going to be the same people there that you you know that you might only get a chance to see once a year. Um, whereas, you know, when you go to the Jack, sometimes, you know, some people that you have got to know are there, sometimes they're not, um, you know, it's a bit hit and miss, but at least with the Royal, it's always, it's always, it's always, everybody's there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, everyone talks about it as this big family reunion and it really is that. It's, it's my favorite contest. One, not that I dislike the Jack or anything, but I just think the Royal's more democratic. If you get a win, you're in. And I really like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And, you know, for, and because there are so many different teams and, you know, we've built up so many relationships with people that have helped us over the years with equipment, obviously, you know, we fly in and we buy a lot when we get there, but, you know, we can't, we can't put, you know, smokers on a plane. Um, and, you know, it's a bit expensive to be, buying new stuff every time that you're over there as well. So, uh, yeah, it's good. It's not like you can roll four new gateways every year. So, <laughs> No, no, I'm not Brad. So. <laughs> no one is. No one's that high maintenance. <laughs> but there are other accolades attributed to you, which I just found out when on the Google machine, that there is a UK Hall, Barbecue Hall of Fame. That's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I I have come across it. Um, I don't actually know any. I, I don't know who's behind it. I don't know when it was started. I you know I yeah I I know I don't really know a huge amount about it. But uh, but yeah, apparently there is a website with a barbecue hall of fame in the UK. Um, but that's about as far as I know with it. Now, my only trip uh, to to Britain was 
before I was in barbecue. So I didn't really pay attention if there was a lot of barbecue restaurants or that type of stuff there or not. Are there? It's been a long time since I've been there. They're on now, but, you know, I mean, I don't know when the last time you were, were over here, but I mean, you know, we started competing over here back in 2011. Um, and you know cooking at home prior to that and back then there was maybe two or three barbecue restaurants in in the country Uh, but now I mean there 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 has been a huge explosion of barbecue in the UK and you know not just American style but also you know the UK has always been a bit of a melting pot of cultures around food so you know pulling different ideas from other places um so you know a lot of like argentinian barbecue restaurants and you know taking more influence from south america mixing that you know mixing some of those different flavors as well so mixing like mexican i know it's done a bit in texas you know mexican with uh, influence barbecue as well so yeah we're kind of um you know and also mixing some of that with with traditional english food as well so yeah it's kind of um still finding its way but you know we we do have some restaurants that you know i do think actually stack up with places in the states now are good places in the states i know there are plenty of not so great ones um, <laughs> but uh but yeah you know i think we, we we do have some that do stack up now whereas yeah i mean what, 2011 is 13 i don't know yeah over a decade ago then over was- a decade ago yeah I want to say that we were there in the summer of 2005. So that's way before I started competing. Yeah. I got seven years. Um, but yeah, that's the first time I had Indian food was in, was in a little town called Wareham. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's funny that even, even that has evolved in the UK as well. So yeah, we kind of had the typical restaurant Indian food and now we're getting more of the home style food coming out. So again, you know, it's just interesting to see just constant evolution of things over here. Absolutely. In terms of the pandemic, did what, how did that affect the competition barbecue scene over in Europe? Um, so for us, it affected it quite, quite a lot. So, um, you know, we, as in, in the UK, so for, for us, me and Emma, you know, if we were to try and get off the Island, um you know we would have to do tests and then test back and you know i mean i looked at it to do a double in belgium it would have cost us something like seven thousand dollars oh <laughs> all of the the, the hassle. And we were just like yeah we're just gonna have to take a take a sabbatical as it were uh over those two years and every time that we thought it was just about to to open back up um then there was a i mean you had the same stuff over there yeah you know? different thing here and a different thing there and yeah it's kind of um last year was good to actually you know to to get off the island you know we we, we me and me and ammo you know we're used to getting you know to being on the road and out and about like 20 25 weekends of the year yeah. um, so to then have it to a point of none <laughs> was a, a bit of a shock to us um but yeah, you know, I mean, travels travels open much, you know, open back up. Um, you know, obviously, come back over to the states is a lot easier now. 
um and also getting back over into to Europe as well but yeah the, the competition scene did continue in Europe whilst we were kind of on our sabbatical uh maybe in a reduced state um I think we have definitely seen and it's, I know it's the same in, in the states that you know team numbers are down on Absolutely. in general uh I think you know people have kind of picked up different hobbies or just you know struggle to justify spending the money um and you know and also that that coupled with you know meat prices are through the roof and just also difficult to actually find over here uh sometimes so yeah i think it's been a, a bit of um a combination of things but yeah i think it, i think it is yeah you got to start somewhere and yeah we'll grow back from there you know we've been around long enough to see these peaks and troughs and you know i think we're just we're just going through it again it's just a cycle absolutely and I, I think we're, I think we've hit the bottom of the bell curve. Yeah. In terms of the effect. And I think we're starting to see it rise back up, especially with the advent of new TV shows that are coming out with Barbecue USA with Michael Simon and the continued other shows that have been on. I think it's, I think hopefully we're going to see a, a teams come back, maybe some new teams. I think there's always room for new blood at, and I think that would be great. Be great for the hobby. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, it's one of the things. So we we used to teach classes over here, uh, you know, a few years ago, and yeah, you know, we did it for you know, a few years, yeah, you know, say five years. Uh, and we kind of you know thought we'd done our time. We've kind of stepped back from it, but you know now we're kind of you know again, there's not really anybody else sharing that knowledge and helping new teams get into it. So yeah, we kind of you know set up a, a, a like a beginners i say beginners you know it is a competition class like a ride along style and you know hopefully that will bring some new you know some new faces onto the circuit and you know i think it's one of those that if we want this sport to continue to to grow and thrive and you know it'd be good for everyone you know we've just got to put a bit of uh, a bit of effort in ourselves to help it absolutely one of the one of the trips that Kim and I had planned before the pandemic started was to come out there and teach a class. Actually, well, I've uh, got a jambo sitting in a in a, <laughs> in a shed. If you uh, if you want to borrow it, I think that the, would last be it. Person, the last person that cooked it in a contest was Tuffy. Oh wow, <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, we were going to go up to uh, Leicester and cook with um, Scott and Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. And then everything, all hell just broke loose. And I actually texted a friend that I hadn't talked to in a few years this morning. And the last text was him telling me that I couldn't come over for dinner until we waited a couple of weeks for this whole thing to blow over. That was in April of 2020. <laughs> I, I mean, so me, me and Emma, we did um, Houston Livestock and Rodeo in, oh, yeah. um, that would have been like February in of 20, of 2020. And um I remember it was, you know, news was just starting to go on about it. And, you know, we were coming back on the flight and, you know, started to see all these people with face masks. And me and Emma were like, what are all these, what are all these people doing? <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know, like, you know, a few weeks later, it's, uh, yeah, it, it went a bit more uh, sideways than we expected. And definitely lasted longer than a couple of weeks. So, yeah, yeah. One of the things that impresses me about you is that you have to have a really good confidence in in what you're doing to be able to to 
translate from basically two different continents in a competition setting? Where does that confidence come from? So, yeah, I mean, so it's funny enough, I, I often think like people think cooking barbecue contests is just about cooking a piece of meat. And to be fair, in basics, it is. Um, but actually, I do think there is a a mental game to it, as with any sports. Um, yeah, I mean, I played you know, a lot of sports as a kid, whether it be you know rugby, football, basketball, athletics, whatever. Um, and yeah, you know, the the mental side of it is is not to be underestimated. But also, you know, you've got to be hypercritical and analytical on things. So, you know, and when we first came over to the US in 2012 and cooked the Royal, it was just actually seeing just how different the meats are compared right. to what we're used to cooking. Um, so, you know, it took us, uh, you know, it took us some time to understand that a bit better and also understand a bit more of what the what the difference is in judging is and i know a lot of people talk about oh different flavor profiles for different regions and i don't i don't i cook the same wherever i am um it's more tenderness is what i'm focusing on so i know if i want to you know if i'm cooking in in europe um you know i'll probably you know probably want it a bit more snappy uh than you know if we're cooking in the states where we might want it a bit softer um but that that's really it and yeah it's kind of understanding the differences trying to get consistent supply on product as well so um yeah and when we're in the states it used to be great we, we used to love the um smithfield duroc when that was around, you know, that's what, yeah. that's the pork we cooked at the Royal. And, you know, we cooked that a few years. It was all great. Uh, and then they stopped doing it. <laughs> and yeah. then of course we've been scrabbling around with like Compart or Prairie Fret, whatever else. And again, it just cooks a little bit different and just trying to, trying to, trying to, yeah, familiarize ourselves with it. And because we're not cooking there week in, week out, um, you know, it's going to react a bit different to, to what we cook back home. Luckily, I mean, I say luckily over here, you know, we can get SRF briskets. That's not a problem. Um, chicken's chicken. Um, right. Yeah, just those, those ribs and, the, and, and pork can be uh, the bits that catch us out sometimes. Yeah, that's what I was going to dive in. I mean, so basically you have to have a, a U.S. program and a European program just based on the product probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we know, um, you know, and we've, we've kind of settled on things now. So, um, yeah, we know what we're going to cook when we turn up and we'll have cooked it before. Or if we haven't cooked it before, we'll order a bit more. Um, and, you know, I, I hate doing practice at a contest weekend because <laughs> it's already a long weekend anyway. But, you know, right. we will do that if we're just kind of a bit unsure on something. Um, I I generally... I used to be probably the biggest practicer in barbecue, especially when starting out those first three or four years, I cooked constantly. And now I'm in the midst of changing product on pork and I know I've got to do it. And <laughs> I, yeah. it's just, how do I, how do I push myself to do that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got two chickens sat in the fridge right now. Cause again, we go out to Houston in uh, a few weeks and you know, oh, got to wow. do, do that whole, but you know, that, that 
you know, Texas yard bird and Ugh. yeah, it's just like, oh, trying to trying to gather the energy to uh, think about what different thing am I going to try now and yeah, all that stuff. That Texas chicken you know, is a different animal. Yes. <laughs> uh, very much. I'll never forget the first time I did a, a Texas contest and I hung the chicken halves in the drum and got this beautiful I was so proud of myself what I had accomplished and I showed it to my friend Adam with uh oh gosh. Can you remember his team name? It's been so long. Adam Gautro. And uh, he looked at me and goes, Nope, too pretty. <laughs> I said, What are you talking about? He goes, That's way too pretty, man. This isn't KCBS. You gotta cook that thing that looks like a hostage. That's <laughs> 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 terrible (laughs) but that's i mean that's awesome that you're getting ready for that uh houston is one of my bucket list contests i would love to go sometime yeah it's um i mean it is a a very different contest to say the least it's um you know obviously it might be fewer teams than say the royal um but the actual space and i i mean it's kind of like the cook-off is, uh, I mean, whilst it, it is a serious part of it, the party side of it is just something else. It's like everyone's team space is actually built up like a saloon. Um, <laughs> so you're just walking around with like 250, 280 saloons uh, with like huge parties going on. And yeah, it's, um, I, I remember the first year I went, it was like, I remember thinking to myself, if, like, if you didn't have a thing for, Tall blonde girls in denim hot pants and cowgirl boots. You would by the end of that weekend. <laughs> I I don't like any of those things. No, 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 no. <laughs> God forbid. No chance. <laughs> we love to talk about barbecue is based on talking about our successes and things that we do well in. But I love to talk about failures. Do you have a favorite failure of yours where you learned? something about your cook or yourself that really set you up for success moving forward? I've had a lot of failures. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I was, so one of, one of my biggest, I, I remember this is a, a practice failure. I remember was, um, I was practicing with a new rub that had quite a lot of pepper in it. Um, and somehow when I was wrapping it, I managed to ping a piece of the pepper up, and it got wedged straight into my eye. And oh, gosh. I couldn't get it out. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I was also, at the same time, I was doing the, oh, I forget what the curing salt is called, Morton's Tender Quick. So when that was a thing on brisket to yeah. try and make the smoke ring a bit, I was also doing that whilst injecting it. And so not only did I end up having to go to, to hospital, I had to go to the emergency room, to get someone to remove the peppercorn from my eye. That oh my. I couldn't get it out after like six hours. It had to, you know, I had to do something. And um, then, you know, also when I cut open the brisket, it was just corned beef the whole way through, but without that good corned beef flavour. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably the one that sticks in my mind the most. I mean, other ones, I mean, I remember... I remember getting pretty close on time at uh, King on King of the Smoker back in. So we did that in 2018, um, and yeah, I remember Emma had just had uh, knee surgery, so she wasn't able to run with the box. 
So I was like, right, I've, I've got to run, got to run. And yeah, I, I was sprinting <laughs> with it. And all of a sudden, I had too much stuff in my pockets, so my shorts are falling down. My <laughs> and you know, I'm, as I'm sprinting past, like Darren, Sherry, Sterling, Fred, you know, everyone with my, you know, kind of half pulling up my shorts. And people are just like, let them go. And I'm like, no, I'll trip over them. <laughs> and, uh, I think I managed to get it on. And I didn't even know where turning was. I was just... I knew it was that way. And I was just like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I think I had like, I don't know. I think I had like six seconds left in the end. Oh my. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah, not, not <laughs> one of my best moments. <laughs> no, but that King of the Smoker event, that's a great moment. That's uh, yeah. uh I got to cook it the year before that and it was just a blast. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it, it's a shame, you know, that like a lot of the, like I say, the fun contests like that, the real, um, yeah, hard to get into, but when you do get there, it's, it's totally, you know, worth all the effort. Um, you know, we used to have one in Italy. So just outside of Venice, uh-huh. um, in a grappa distillery. And yeah, I mean, they put on, uh, amazing catering throughout. I mean, they hired these guys cooking pizza, uh, or, and pastas all day for the teams. And, you know, these are the same guys that have cooked pizzas for the last two popes. Um, wow. You know, and yeah, it's just like <laughs> a real uh, amazing. And also you're in Venice or just outside of Venice. You're in Italy. It's just, you know, Mediterranean food, beautiful weather. You know, it's like July time. It's, um, yeah, stunning. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> when you go to a contest in Europe, I mean, that's... That's a logistical haul, kind of, isn't it? Because you're what, probably about seventy miles, seventy miles west of London, right? Yes. So then you have to drive, and then probably take the take the boat over. Train. So we train. take the train. Yeah, they've got a, the Euro Tunnel, so it actually yeah, you drive your your truck, your van onto the train, and it drives. Yeah, it goes underneath okay. the, the channel uh, in about thirty five minutes. Oh wow. But I live three hours away from that. <laughs> right. Um, and then, yeah, by the time we get there, we then have another, I don't know, pick a number, how long we've got to drive. It can be it. any number. Yeah, really. Yeah, I kind of I kind of look at my, I when we're planning contests and how far we've got to travel, I, it, I only ever do the calculation on time from France. So once we've landed... Yeah, I kind of forget the three hours that I've already done and all of that. It's just like, yeah, that's think, part. That's part one. You're more worried about part two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the map and I'm like, oh man, like to get to something in Germany, like that's a that's a Germany's, haul. Ger- no, Germany's not too bad. Austria's not too bad, which is the other side of Germany. Um, the ones that were really bad i say bad long um was we want we did a contest in prague before oh. uh, so in czech republic which again is you know other side of germany and it then you know i had a work thing that i had to be in central london on the monday afternoon for some drinks thing and um yeah we you know had to drive leave straight up before awards drive um and yeah it was just horrible you know because i had to get to i think i had to get to yeah 
had to do something like eight hours after a contest. Oh, brutal. I kind of know my limits. I'm kind of good for about six, six, six hours after a contest. Uh, anything after that, I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I prefer to get a hotel and do the rest of it the next day. I used to be six, but now I'm down to four. <laughs> I, I won't, uh, if it's more than four, I'm either spending the night on Saturday night or stopping. And if it's four, it might as well only be two. That's just the way I look at it. <laughs> yeah, part, 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 of, part, of our, yeah, part of my problem is a lot of the contests over here are Saturday, Sunday. Oh, yeah. We don't have many that are, you know, Friday, Saturday contests. So, you know, it's that whole thing of, um, yeah, got to get back for work on Monday. So it's, um, yeah, you kind of just push it. Yeah. What's been the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you guys? It's hard. I, I don't know. I mean, we just live in that world. So, right. and we have done for so long. So it's kind of, um, you know, how, I guess, I guess it's like how blase you become about, oh, we yeah, have just going to Belgium this weekend for a contest, or I'm just going to Houston or wherever <laughs> in the world and you know you'll turn around I, I mean i always remember we did the um belvedere double in illinois yeah. um flew in friday flew out sunday <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> short turnaround I, I guess it's uh the, yeah i guess how little sleep i can operate on um i guess yeah the other thing is so obviously we we cook on cans and uh one of the one of the great things on that is, you know, obviously if you do uh, party a bit too much on the Friday night or the Saturday night, uh, well, your, your your other half, your wife will kick you out of bed. And funny enough, you just have to get on with it and don't moan too much. But you can. <laughs> um, so, yeah. You can. Do. Emma doesn't have rules. She has no rules for you. No. <laughs> oh, don't keep her away from Kim. Kim's got a whole list of rules for me. <laughs> oh no! I mean, the the only rules for me is like, you know, don't stand by the van talking when she's trying to sleep. Don't leave the door of the van as long as she is cold. Yeah, she as long as she is not cold, and I'm not keeping her awake. I can be off anywhere. You know, drink to whatever. Uh, I might get a check in from her at like three a.m. Going, yeah, yeah, you got to get up, but. Good. Yeah, I get. I have a whole list of things that I'm. I have to be in the in the bed by nine. I don't have to be in sleep, but I have to be in there by nine, or else. That's the the problem with you guys cooking on jambos. You know, it's kind of (laughs) you got to go to bed too early, and you know, be up in the morning feeding those logs all the time. I know. I I get jealous of you drum guys all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think Timmy is like the best salesperson for it because, you know, you look at him staggering around as a drunken mess and <laughs> still gets up, cooks and kicks everyone's ass. It's like, well, maybe maybe that's a different way. Yeah, he's he's a different way. But yeah, I've seen it firsthand so many times that I don't even question it anymore. <laughs> mm. When you first started competing, what were some of the best decisions that you made? Best investments, uh, temperature controllers. Yeah. So you know, back in I say back in the day, um, you know, we were cooking on bullet smokers. 
Uh-huh. And um, yeah, everyone, I don't I think they still sell them. Everyone used to have these little Maverick remote. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all you would hear across the whole field was these beepings because it'd be going over temperature and people would be having to get up and do stuff or people just wouldn't sleep. Um, whereas, I mean, I bought, I think it was a Stoker originally, if you remember those. Yeah. Um, I bought one of those and, you know, plugged it up to, to two WSMs and, uh, and just went to bed. And, uh, funny enough, that, that, you know, getting some, having that ability to get some sleep if I wanted it was, uh, much needed. I think also learning that, um, you know, don't stay up until seven in the morning drinking bottles of rum is also a very good lesson as well. But you have to go through that. It's like a rite of passage. You've got to learn it for yourself. Exactly. You can't just go in with that attitude. You have to experience that part of life. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a purchase of $100 or less that has really impacted your competition barbecue? $100 or less. I mean... So the uh, yeah the, probably a thing in that price bracket would be something like a thermopen. Yeah. Um, admittedly, I don't half my thermopens don't even work anymore. The batteries or whatever. Um, but it, it's just that perfect shape for you know for for stabbing in, feeling what the tenderness is like. Um, yeah, kind of. You know, if you have got one with a battery, it's great if you're cooking a steak or whatever like that and you want to know what your temperature is. But, yeah, I think like under $100, I'm guessing they're under $100 over there. I don't really know. They're right around there anymore. Usually get them on sale for about 75 Yeah. So that that would be um, that that would be my, my, my go-to thing. Yeah, I've now got – I don't even know how many. I've got them everywhere. I travel with them, make sure there's one in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can kind of uh, pick a bag and uh, I will have at least one um, and in. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to barbecuedata.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? So. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think yeah, the people the the people that impacted us most in competition barbecue. Um, there's two people, really. So uh, a guy called Toby Shea in the UK. So he set up the British Barbecue Society in the first place. Um, so the contests that we were doing back in 2011 weren't KCBS because KCBS weren't in Europe at that point, but they were still um kcbs style so we were able to learn and develop and toby's always um you know was very influential in helping that you know helping us um develop more uh you know he, he was a more experienced cook than us at that time and 
yeah, we, yeah, we've collaborated on different things like trips to Houston or cooking at Memphis in May or whatever else like that in the past. Um, so yeah, you know, he, he kind of actually set up the playground as it were in the first place for us to actually, you know, get our feet wet and kind of start, start doing this competition barbecue side of it. And, you know, and then, and then, you know, the second person would be, so I don't know if you remember a guy called Ryan Newstrom. Oh yeah. So Ryan and Sonia, big T's. Um, so yeah, Ryan helped us out the first year we cooked the American Royal. Uh, he helped us out with some uh, WSMs that he used to cook on uh, before he moved on to the jam. But to be fair, I think that guy's had every cooker that was ever sold. Probably twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he helped us out with that. And I remember um, I remember thinking back in 2011 that I didn't cook. You know, I thought my brisket was okay. And then I tried Ryan's. And I think that was the year that he was like team of the year in brisket. I think it was the same one that he won. He won brisket in the open. I think he did that day, uh, <coughs> that year. And it was really a, um, you know, that light bulb going off kind of moment. And, you know, Ryan's always helps us out massively, you know, good friends. Um, so, yeah, you know, really, I'd, I'd say those are the two people that have influenced, influenced us the most. That's cool. Yeah, Ryan's a good dude. I've got to got to spend some time with him and just super nice, super helpful. You know, it's, yeah, I kind of miss the old Iowa teams, you know, when it was like yeah, you, know, you had Ryan and Sonia, you had um Joe and Kim from Tippy Canoe and yep. Got from Pigskin and you know, as well with Lucky's. It's um yeah, it's kind of like, you know, Lucky's is uh obviously Lucky's and Darren are the, the ones still still out there at the moment. We're trying to find an Iowa contest to go to this year. Kim and I try and cook in a new state every year, so Iowa, I think, is going to be our. I, I yeah, they used to have this contest. I, I'm not sure if they do it anymore, but they had they did have these really good trophies, which were like these little chrome pigs on top. But then they also had a spam round. Oh wow! So you get the spam trophy as well, which um, kind of uh, fancied. <laughs> that one. I love spam. I uh, <laughs> Rod Gray recently posted something about he's never had spam before, and I was like, I think you're lying because I think I've had it with you. So <laughs> 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 that's pretty funny. Okay, let's get into it. Habits, rituals, and routines. Are you guys superstitious at all? Massively. Yeah. What have we got? Massively. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I guess it's you know this is the counsel- counseling portion of the podcast I think because people yeah. always are like man it's too much. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, so funny enough. I, I mean, admittedly, I've used all the luck out of that t-shirt, but uh, I had I had one yeah you know, I had this one gateway t-shirt which um, in 2018 every time I wore that t-shirt we won including the Royal. Is that the original gateway hot and fast t-shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, Tim, Timmy actually got me a, a newer version of it. Like a, you know, probably like there's holes in that things. And you know, <laughs> a new one. Um, 
uh, and he just didn't have the same amount of luck. It's just like it just didn't 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 work as well. Um, so you know things. Other than that, yeah, ritual habits and rituals. Everything I I, I tend to cook a lot by time. Um, you know, I, I'm not really that interested in temperature. Um, yeah, as long as it's hot, it's cooking. Um, yeah, I kind of look at it and think about it, but I'm I'm very you know I'll cook on time and I put everything on by the the second. You know, I can be stood there at like six fifty nine in the morning waiting to put you know pork or brisket or something like that on, and I'm like. No, it's got to be seven. It's got to be seven. Um, yeah, really intense around that. Um, yeah, things like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm not too bad. I, I'm sure no. I would say completely the opposite, that I'm an absolute nightmare on things. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm all right. I have like a drawer of unlucky shit in my bedroom that I'm not allowed to wear that it just lives there, but I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> I don't know why. And I'm in this big like Marie Kondo purge thing right now and getting rid of stuff. And I looked at it again today and I'm like, man, I'm still not ready. Yeah. No, I, I've got a few, I've got a few ones like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's not lucky. Not wearing that no more. Do you have, uh, are you a music guy when you guys cook? Do you guys cook, listen to music? We do. But it's um, it's not to everyone's taste. What do we got? So yeah, you know, I'm obviously from England. Grew up in the early nineties, uh, late eighties. So uh, it's you know I say rave music like drum and bass. Um, yeah, you know, is is kind of what I've always listened to as a kid. Still listen to now. Um, so funny enough, um, yeah. Was it? We were actually when we were at the Royal um, this year, last year. Uh, we actually had a, a couple, I think, from another team poke their head around our tent and be like, "Sorry, we just had to see who was listening to drum and bass because they liked it as well." But you know, kind of <laughs> not expecting to hear it in the middle of a parking lot in Kansas. <laughs> now I'm going to have to come check it out myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know. I was also guilty of rapping in the middle of the parking lot this year. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long, as long as it's not Timmy in that chicken song, just, <laughs> we were right opposite him and we were in a tent. Yeah. We were in an easy up. It was like, we didn't have no protection from no trailer from the offensive sounds that were coming from that corner. Believe me, it was a big shock to all of us that cook on that side of the infield whenever they moved. Yeah, we we were all like, whoa, 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 what's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm. Funny enough, I also I'm probably not great for a, you know when you cook barbecue. I'm also not a big country fan. It's, no, I know that will probably upset a lot of people, but it's just not my thing. Um, I sometimes find it a bit depressing, and I need I need something a bit lively and upbeat to you know get me moving whilst I'm cooking. You're not alone, my friend. I do not have a stomach for it myself. (laughs) And I, we always get into contests at a contest of, you know, who's got the bigger firepower, but I generally have the bigger base. So it's time to go. (laughs) Yeah. I just just remember being at a contest before some guy was playing, I think blues or country or whatever on his banjo on, on his porch. And it was just like, just depressing. Just like, no, (laughs) 
was kind of right. Put my speaker up. It's just like, right, we're just going to get on to it. <laughs> what advice would you give to somebody new that's coming into competition barbecue? So I guess a bit of advice I would give to people is obviously you can cook on whatever you want to cook on. But I think um, quite often you see people trying to force cookers to cook at temperatures they weren't necessarily designed for. I tend to think that a lot of cookers have a happy spot. So, you know, if you are cooking on a gateway, you know, it loves cooking at 300. If you're cooking on a jambo, you know, it, most people tend to cruise at 275. They might ramp up at the beginning, but, you know, there's, gen, there's generally a, a temperature that it's happy to cruise at. Um, we used to cook on a backwards, and that thing loved cooking at 230 um, Fahrenheit. So, you know, just kind of learn what, what, what the cooker's doing um, and move your timeline around that rather than trying to force it to do something the other way. I mean, you, know, you wouldn't want to cook on a jambo and have it running at 225. Really hard to do. Hard to do, dirty smoke. It's just not going to be great. Yeah, it's just not designed to cook at that temperature. So, yeah, kind of, you know, let let the cooker sit where it's going to be happy. I mean, it's a lot easier to manage as well um, going forward. And yeah, kind of, yeah, that that'll that's, help with fire management. That's great advice, man. That's that's great advice, and no one said here really yet. Yeah, just let the cooker be the cooker and let that go. That's awesome. Are you a gut feeling kind of cook? Like when something's nagging at you to do it, do you do it? Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, you, you ask it like a question, like there's another option to do something else. <laughs> I am too, but I also have a five foot tall little check in there that she often is like, are you sure you want to do that? And I struggle sometimes with, especially if it's not within the normal time frame, right? Yeah. If like something's colored up quicker than it should have, I, I and I feel like I should take it off. And I've learned that I should just take it off. If I want to take it off and I'm feeling like it, I should just do it. Yeah. And rarely the gut is wrong. That's what I've found. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, to be fair, we kind of, I don't have those issues that often. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't color up enough and I'm like, well, just, you know, cook it a bit harder and, you know, we'll get it there. Right. Um, but yeah, it's um, funny enough. If, if I'm making changes to the schedule or the, um, to the program, it, I'm sure for yourself as well, it's a long process to uh, debate with uh, the other half of like, why are you doing this? It worked fine last week. It doesn't need to be, you know, it's like you won last week in whatever. Why are you changing it now? And he's like, because I fancy. And it's like, no. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you have the same. Are you a tinker? Do you like to tinker with things? No. I, no? I, I, I don't, to be brutally honest. So, yeah, obviously we had a long you know, sabbatical. We had our two-year break from competition barbecue. And as we came back into it last year, um, yeah, maybe I, I kind of let things get into my head a bit around 
um, things being different and changing and all this. And so we were, you know, messing around a lot. Um, and funny enough, you kind of like, right, I'm just going to go back to what we did. Nothing ever changes. Just cook the meat right. And yeah, it went back. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to like this when Kim listens to this episode and she'll be like, okay, so why are you wanting to do all this shit again? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I mean, I have had it like, um, yeah, we, we, you do get it sometimes that there'll be subtle changes in the products you'll use. Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed is that things have become less hot. Yeah. As in spicy. So, you know, when I'm using something for a bit of heat and I'm just not getting that heat anymore, funny enough, you then need to start looking at, well, how else can I get that heat? Um, yeah, you know, Blue's Hog is a lot better now, but it used to be really inconsistent back in the day of like, sometimes you'd get one batch that would be really thick and then you get another batch that's really thin. And, you know, and again, like, how you know, so with a thick batch, you might be used to using that and you'd use a little bit of apple juice to thin it down or something like that. Um, and then you get to the thin batch and you do the same right. and it's just too thin. So, you know, there's little, you know, the details are tiny, but I think that's kind of what you need to be looking at if you're, you know, if you're wanting to get up towards that top end of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, man, this has been a fun contest or a fun contest podcast <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it feels like a contest we have to do the social or the rapid uh fire questions um there might be a couple of different ones in here for you but we'll see where this goes what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you oh. <laughs> really bad terrible cooking and people pretending that it's fantastic um i would love to do yeah i don't know if you've seen those um videos on youtube where people are doing like a reaction video to something yeah i want to do a barbecue one you know get a load of teams together have a few drinks and then put up some video of someone trying to cook i don't know yeah whether it be a brisket or like pork belly whatever and just be like the reaction video record that and put that up i would pay money to see that <laughs> but that's what annoys me you're super right man i've been like researching youtube because it's something i want to get into and i watched probably three hours of barbecue videos last week on youtube and i was i finally turned it off and i looked at looked at the my dog because he was the only one around i said i think i'm a worse cook after watching <laughs> <laughs> like, um, barbecue reaction videos Luke nobody's doing it yet so it's, uh, it's a market that could be its own YouTube channel to be honest with you that would be amazing yeah. um <laughs> that's awesome do you have a favorite pre during or post competition meal it's not favorite but it seems to be what we always end up with is a McDonald's on the way home it's uh -huh. um, you know, you know what it's like. You kind of you're on the highway. Options are limited, and you just grab what's there. Um, you know, don't have a a pre during. Yeah, I mean, unless you count like you know beer, bottles of beer as part of your during <laughs> meal. It's uh, yeah, pretty light on the ground food wise. 
<laughs> All right, next question. Is Liverpool going to make the top four? No. Stop it. Of course they are. <laughs> no, I kind of agree with you. I don't think they are this year. It's very upsetting. I, I don't I don't really follow football that much. Oh, really? Even from what I've seen so far, it's just like, yeah, it's not going to happen for them this year. No, they're pretty... It's the only sport I'm still religious about watching. And the only reason is, is because I can usually watch it before Kim even gets out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just struggle. I struggled. I struggled to commit 40, well, 40 hours, uh, sorry, 40 hours or 40 weekends to watch yeah. someone. I, and I always used to find myself getting angry watching it rather than enjoying it. So, so yeah, I, I kind of leave that alone. Welcome to my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> Upsetting, especially I've been not very busy the past like six weeks, so I've watched a lot of football and it's not been fun for me. <laughs> Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? No, a really bad present giver. I just give people money. <laughs> <laughs> it's just easy, they can buy what they want. That's true. That's true. All right, last question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions of people, what would it say and why? You know it's not going to be serious. You know, it will just be like, <laughs> you know, Times Square, me, little like Christmas bows on the nipples type thing. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, trying to scare people off Christmas for life. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic man oh my gosh well thanks ed so much for being on i really appreciate it no no it's been good talking to you luke where can people find you online uh we're everywhere as bunch of swines so whether that be uh facebook twitter instagram youtube uh bunch of swines we're all over there awesome awesome well make sure you, everyone out there gives them a follow checks them out how many times do you come over here a year? So, at least twice. Try to do maybe like three, four, maybe five. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So obviously, last year was a bit quieter because of uh, things reopening, but we're hoping to get back to normal now. Sweet, sweet. Well, I look forward to when our paths cross again. Yes. <laughs> cool. Great to see Take you, Luke. Care. Yep. Over to you.